Okay, so it is 29th of June, last podcast of June for 2012. This is Soybean Aphid Podcast. I'm Matt O'Neill, and to my left this time is... I'm Erin Hodson. I'm going to keep passing the microphone this time to improve sound quality. So what do we need to talk about today? Should we start off with our weekly update on soybean aphids and what we're sort of hearing from our students and colleagues from around the way? Uh, we just had our lab meeting, and it sounded like um, from the students, they're not seeing any soybean aphids naturally occurring on any of their research sites around the state. Is that kind of consistent with what you're hearing from your extension colleagues and uh, farm uh, people? <laughs> I'm not feeling very eloquent today, sorry. <laughs> So I, I think we can still find aphids that are naturally occurring at Nashua, um, but then again, we're looking very hard for them. I haven't heard of aphids found in commercial fields, but then again, we had an extremely hot week, and aphids don't do that well when it's 90 plus degrees, and so um, we weren't finding growing colonies. I think they were finding aphids, but not exactly up from last week, um, and I really haven't heard any growing colonies from like Brian Lang, I think uh, he does very intensive aphid sampling and that's sort of just held steady from the previous week. And so with our temperatures, I'm not really surprised to hear that um, from our last last podcast. Yeah, and I just uh, was talking to um, some people who were interested in the soybean aphid suction trap network and looking over the data from that recently. And um, we haven't found any soybean aphids in that suction trap yet in Iowa. And the ones that are being found around the Midwest, the, they're very few, um, which isn't too surprising. Again, you know, you're, we're at a time when the aphids are just starting, you know, they've left buckthorn and, and so there's very few of them compared to what we'll see later in the summer. Uh, so it's not too surprising, but yeah, you know, this year so far it's been pretty quiet and the conditions are such that, you know, they're not conducive to aphids. But that doesn't mean there aren't other things for us to be thinking about in terms of insects in our bean fields. And um, Japanese beetles are um, very common now in central Iowa soybean fields. And it seems like, my, you know, my impression from this last couple of weeks is, you know, we had some dry weather, hot dry weather. And then we had some rain uh, and pretty nice soaking um, kind of late last week. And then it seemed like the beetle, uh, adult beetle activity increased. And I wonder if that weather event, that rain, kind of softens the ground a little bit and these you know, adults that are emerging from grubs uh, out of the soil have a little bit easier go of it and, and then they pop out. But has that been your observation too, that you're seeing more Japanese beetle adults and getting more calls about them in beans? I would, I would say that Japanese beetle has been my number one topic of conversation through calls and emails since our last podcast. And I think you're right. They really have jumped up in numbers in corn and soybean and all of the urban ornamental. I think that's really the hot topic right now. And we're seeing numbers that we really haven't ever seen before. And I know in Ames you can see plant or trees, um, maples, and some other trees that are already linden. Li- linden that are already being defoliated, and the skeletonized leaves are turning brown and dying. And so that's certainly much earlier than we've seen it before in Iowa. And 
from what our graduate student Cody student Cody Kuntz has noted is that the numbers of adult beetles has increased in central Iowa uh, kind of exponentially. Uh, very few to you know, in a trap to hundreds and now getting into the thousands range. That hasn't occurred in the northern part of Iowa where we've been scouting uh, and in the south. So central Iowa seems to have this you know, kind of outbreak all to itself. And what's, again, noteworthy is that this has occurred two to three weeks earlier than in past years. So now, say last year, we would have been seeing beetles just start to become active. Now we're really seeing kind of healthy populations. So what this might mean for management is um, beetles are showing up and uh, they're occurring at a time when some of the crops are in critical stages, like corn again because of the warm weather is starting to tassel will start to silk and it's going to be exposed to a potentially healthy population of japanese beetles flying around and and that's a real attractive food source for it yeah i've gotten a couple of reports from people that have those japanese beetle pheromone traps those yellow and green tracey traps and they said that they can fill them up in an hour and so that's just pretty intense activity uh, in a localized area and some people have even resorted to just trapping them with like they take the base off and they just put like a garbage bag like a garbage can on the bottom of that just to trap them so I'm not sure if that's I would recommend putting those traps out there if you're trying to think of it as like a management perspective for me though it feels good it feels good to kill all those beetles but I think you're bringing in a lot from the area that you might not normally have and at the end of the day at the end of the day, it probably won't matter if you're trying to grow, you know, 100 acres of corn or beans. Uh, I mean, it, it, it'll be satisfying. And it'll give you some idea of, you know, what their level of activity is, but it's not going to result in any meaning. We don't think it'll result in a meaningful reduction in the population. So I guess what I'm concerned about is the, you know, we're seeing healthy populations in some of our soybean fields um, around central Iowa. As the corn becomes more attractive, you know, you get a little nervous that those beetles and soybeans are going to start moving to the corn and maybe put our corn at risk. And are you thinking, have you, have you looked into what kind of management options growers are going to need to consider for protecting their corn? Well, from my experience and my just digging around to other places where they have established Japanese beetles and field crops is that it's not hard to kill a Japanese beetle if you're making direct contact with a like a foliar. So that would be whether it's a pyrethroid, organophosphate, it's not hard to kill them, but you can't expect the residual of any product. And so um, if you're trying to target a spray, especially in corn, um, you might want to target right at silking and not spray too early because you run the risk of having to spray again if you have migratory beetles coming into the area. Another thing to consider is that if the temperatures are above 90 degrees, you may want to avoid using pyrethroids because they tend to volatilize and so you may not actually get... Pyrethroids yeah, or organophosphates? Pyrethroids. pyrethroids. They may not actually... The, the droplets may not make contact with the insects because it'll just be so hot. We've had that concern with Moore's band. That, that a volatile... Yeah. Or that it... Yeah, that can, if you have canopy closure, or organophosphates can have sort of like a fuming action. Yeah, yeah. But for pyrethroids, you can have it where the, the droplets are just so fine that they don't actually land. Oh, okay. 
And so it's just if if the hot weather continues, that's also an issue. But also for the spider mite issue as well, pyrethroids might might, might not be the best choice. And spider right? mites are an issue in corn as well. They could be, yes, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. So we've got a we've got an interesting uh, couple of weeks, an interesting July ahead of us because we've got this at least for Central Iowa this uh, um, occurrence of Japanese beetles and uh, conditions that would be favorable for other insects like or other pests like spider mites and growers are going to be challenged to spray these things. You know, it's always hard to spray a tasseling, silking so- a cornfield. Um, but you got to think about, you know, the products. And I guess even if you do call in a treatment, it may be, be vi- vigilant to go back into that field and make sure that whatever was applied did what it needed to do. Anything else to think about for this coming week? Um, I don't really have anything other than just to plug. There's a couple of field days coming up at the field lab just near Boone, Iowa. And you can register online at aep.iastate.edu. Okay, so that's the music. That's the end for this week. And uh, we'll come back late after July 4th. So have a happy 4th of July. Stay safe.